0: Hi everybody. Um Jason Vogler here. Right now it's just me and it might just be me on the podcast tonight. It is <coughs> Excuse me. It is about 11:20 uh p.m. on Saturday night July 30th and boy did a lot happen at camp today. Um so I'm here and I'm going to be talking about it. Uh, it was too late to pull anyone in and there's Counselors that are getting ready for green and white, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get into everything that happened today because we had just a spectacular day at camp. Um, it started off not so great. We said goodbye to uh, about 25 of our our brothers and our best friends, who uh, some of them were were two week rookies and some. Um, we're from states whose schools start like very, very soon. So they had to leave today. And that was sad. And we say goodbye to all of them this morning. But then uh, the day just, man, we, we had a great day. We, we did Big Ten activities. We started a new round of Midsummer Madness leagues. Uh, we got a lot of people through uh, golf clinics with my uncle Steve, who is our, our resident golf pro. Um, but the real magic started happening, um, today at lunch. Uh, we welcomed, uh, three Chippewa counselors came over to, to camp today and they, they're the Chippewa social committee. And we had them introduce themselves on the microphone. And then I asked them what they were doing here. And they revealed to everyone that we had a social with Chippewa tonight. um, Not only did we have a social, but we did our color run, which is an annual thing with us in Chippewa. What's a color run? Great question. So everyone at camp wears like white and we bring in like boxes and boxes of this colored powder and you go, you run around camp station to station and you get colored powder thrown all over you. And it's really, really fun. What did we do differently tonight? Let me tell you that too. Tonight, we made stations. So the boys ran and the girls together ran to the first station, which was speed dating. So it was adorable. the The boys and girls, especially the little kids, sat in chairs across from each other, and they did like 45-second rounds of of getting to know each other and they had to talk to the, the girl or boy sitting across from them. And then once their rounds were over, they ran and got colored port all over them. then they ran through the woods to uh, like up towards tennis, where two of our counselors were drawing portraits of everyone or their pets or whatever they wanted to be requested. And then once you left that station, you got colored port all over you. And then you went up to towards our basketball courts and, the CITs were just at all stations all the way to the soccer pitch. And by the time you're done, you were just a mess of rainbow of colors. And it's really, really cool. Um, after that, we had a huge party down at our waterfront. We had music. We had ice cream. We had funnel cake fries and just had a really great time with the girls from Chippewa. And that was a lot of fun. And we appreciated them coming over. Uh, we love when we get to to do these socials and and enjoy each other's company. Uh, lots of brothers and sisters saw each other. Um, it was great. It was an absolute blast. And I think we're gonna keep color running, or we might mix it up. We might maybe we'll do a tough mutter, something cool like that. But who knows? It was a really really good time. The girls left at about nine thirty, and our night was not over because we had a special surprise for the kids. So we brought everyone, we, we called everyone to the flag, and we lowered the flag at 930. Then we brought everyone in to Wasserman Hall. And what I said was happening was that every year, and this, this part's actually true, Woody always tells the counselors, the best way to put your kids to bed is to read to them. He loves reading to the kids. He swears by reading to the kids. And he is right. Every time, every single cabin whose counselors read to the kids at night, their kids go to sleep faster and the kids get into it. They want the counselors to read that same book. They want them to, to like do it each night. They want to hear the rest of the story and they fall asleep so much faster. So every once in a while, Woody likes to prove his theory to the entire camp by reading to the entire camp. And probably five, six years ago, he did this and he brought the entire camp in and he sat in a chair on Wasserman Hall stage and he read to the camp. But what he didn't tell me was what story he was going to read. And he ended up reading a story called The Hitchhiker. The Hitchhiker is a bit of a, I don't want to say it's a horror story, but you could potentially describe it that way. It is a story about a family driving through a, a rural area, in England near a, an institution. And it involves picking up a hitchhiker and it turns very quickly into a scary story. And me as a, I don't know, 29, 30 year old man was sitting in the, the back of Wassall as the, the kids were engaged, but falling asleep is what he was telling their story, the story as he does. And <laughs> I am locked in. And horrified. And every time the, the doors on the back of Washman Hall like banged against each other, I'm like, my head's on a swivel because this hitchhiker story was really scary. Um, but it's a memory that, that I have. Um, and I, I, I'll never understood why Woody read the entire thing to the camp, but he did and he put everyone to sleep. And so he's right and I'm wrong. Um, so what I did was I took the hitchhiker story and I sat on stage and I told the, the camp that to, because I, I appreciate that memory so much that I wanted to do the same thing and I wanted to read the hitchhiker story to the kids. And I think they kind of knew something was up. Um, we'll have to ask them when we actually get people on the podcast. Uh, but I read a lot of it. And they let me keep going and going a little bit. And I think every second or every paragraph that I read, the kids more and more believe that that's actually what we were there for. Spoiler alert, it was not. We were there to break our color war, to start green and white 2022. How did we do it? I'm going to have the green and white stars on. I don't know if they're going to pop in tonight or if they're going to come on tomorrow to talk about it. But this was. One of the, if not the greatest green and white star we've ever had. So for the last five or six years, the way that we've been starting Green and White is we've been telling the story. The story of of the the Whittians from the North, the the White Team, the the people of the Hatchet, the people of the Woods, the the men of the North versus the Grenyans, the Greens of the South, the men of the ore the people who paddle, who use the, the resources of, of the lakes and the rivers to, to, to their advantage and the battle that these two have waged against each other. And Jeff, Toombs, and Woody, all, Woody represents the whites and Jeff represents the greens, and they put on a performance with the help of, of all the counselors, the former captains for each of those teams. And it's really special. And every year we build on that story. Um, one year we told the story and we had the, the battle waging in the background, um, like on the beach at the, the campfire. And then we wrote all of the team names on the, the walls of the storm shelter and you had to carry a lantern in there to see the teams. And um, we've done a lot of things like that. One year we did it at the Way and they were telling the story at the way and they it's kind of a battle of stories where Woody is telling the his version from the white the Widdians perspective and Jeff is telling his from the Grenians perspective and then we what the kids didn't know was at the way we had all of these tablets buried that had the teams on there and that's how we did the reveal today as I was reading the hitchhiker story Woody Interrupts me and walks into Wasman Hall wearing what I can only describe as a Gandalf costume. So he was wearing all white. He had a huge white beard and he had his staff. And he came in and he basically said, That is not how you tell a story. This is a story for for children. Let me tell you a real story. And he started telling the story of the battles won by the Whittians. And the, the, his story reflects the fact that for the last six years, the Whites have actually won Green and White, which is crazy. It's a, it's a, it's a run like we've never seen from the White team. And as he was telling the story, what the, the campers didn't know was that all of the counselors who were former green and white captains were on stage in the back rooms to to the right and to the left. So as Woody started telling the story, they started acting out what he was saying. So they would have these sword battles in slow motion. And then every time someone was killed, the gals who were who were the the stage crew were wearing all black had red streamers and confetti and would throw them out to be like blood. And you saw like each kind of step of the way, the white team would slay the green team because that's what's been happening for the last um, six or seven years. And then they closed the curtain and Jeff came in representing the greens and put on his performance telling Woody that, you know, this is not the version of the story that we know. And let me tell you what the greens have been doing over the course of the last year to prepare for the white team. And then the curtain opened again and you had all the green team captains on one side huddled around each other, lifting weights and doing like calisthenics and stretches and like gearing up for battle while you had the whites sitting around like what, like almost sitting around a table or a campfire in a semicircle, just laughing to each other, having a drink like you would do after you've won so many times in a row. And the whites kind of getting cocky and getting in their heads a little bit. And it was this really cool, like scene behind Woody and Jeff with a green light in the green corner and a white light in the white corner. All the other lights were off, except the spotlight that I had on each of them as they were, they were acting it out. And then they said, they started talking about how, what the whites didn't know was that the greens have been building a fortress a fortress that they've claimed to be their own. And Woody for the whites was saying, no, no, no. We claim that fortress. That fortress is ours. And they're both referring to the new indoor facility that, that we built. And so they said, come, come follow us to this new fortress where you can join your teams in battle. And we can, we can finally decide once and for all, who has claimed this castle. And so everyone, everyone left Washall. And By the way, this was probably 10, 15 at night. So it was dark, the stars were perfect. And what the kids didn't know was we had lined tiki torches from Wasserman Hall all the way to the new building. The kids saw the tiki torches obviously because, but we told them that we were using it as a running lane for the color run, which we did. But it was misdirection. So what the kids didn't see was after the color, as the color run was going on, the, the counselors and Woody and Jeff were putting string lights, these amazing green and white string lights, all the way like connecting each tiki torch. So we lit the lights and we lit the torches, and everyone in camp walked through this perfectly lit path of green and white lights and and flames from the tiki torches as jeff and woody led them to another fire that we had set up right in front of the the new building at camp so it was probably a 150 200 yard walk and we did it really slowly and everyone was was really into it and following jeff was woody as jeff and woody as they they told their story and we got around the campfire and the green and white czars, so Gavin Bramway, Ryan Furman, and Jack Kaplan, called up the captains of last year, the, the generals, the, the ones who, who were, were honored to, to lead their teams in battle last year. And it's become tradition at camp that each of the captains from the previous year read a speech introducing the captains of this year. And I actually have those speeches here, and I kind of want to read them. To you because they're they were really amazing and really special. So I'm going to grab these. And so the the overall captains for for green and white this year. Um, for the green team, you have
1: Sam Rosen, Charlie Eisenberg, and wait, let me pull it up so I don't screw this up. And Asher Diamond. On the white team, you have Ryan Wheel, Spencer Oslander, and Matthew
0: Harfield. So I'm going to read the, the speeches that this year's CITs, last year's overall captains, wrote about each of the current captains.
1: I believe this was Cooper Specters. As a new war is upon us, Master Woody has set out on a quest
0: to recruit and train only the finest warriors to keep the Whittier streak alive. Birthed from the land beneath us, one young warrior has stuck out from the rest. He has used his grit and resilience to exceed in previous battles, and we have no doubt he can put his skills to good use in the fight ahead. For the past weeks, Woody has taken this young Padawan in in as his own and taught him the ways of the almighty stick. When he was faced with the biggest kahuna,
1: Known to man, the treacherous journey of the cycle, and prevailed, we knew his training was complete.
0: With that, I'd like to call up the overall captain for the White Army,
1: 2022, Matthew Harfield. So that was the speech introducing Matt. I don't know who wrote this one. But I'll, here we go. This is for Ryan.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I've been screaming so much and yelling so much the past few days that my voice is completely gone. Here we go. Ascended from the sand of the volleyball courts, a young soldier was born. This warrior's life did not come easy. This warrior showed strength and determination at a young age when his brother was robbed by a caveman for showing such strength. This soldier captured the attention of Master Woody. Woody used the powers within within his stick upon said soldier. Woody then nurtured this soldier until he had mastered the knowledge and the skills of the land. For the past six years, the soldier watched from afar as hooligans invaded his hometown from the southern shore. This warrior's watched the elder soldiers from his hometown protect the land
1: of the Whittians. After all these years of watching from the depths, Master Woody has made the final. Uh, There's something here I'm missing, but Master Woody has made
0: this final. This young warrior has been brought up to the front lines and will be leading the Whittians in battle this year. With that, I'd like to call up the overall captain for the Whittians in Green and White 2022, Ryan Wheel. This is the last one for for the whites, Spencer Oslander. A man born of Whittian blood, this second generation Whittian, has shown he was born to lead. Since his first day here, he has been the chosen one, the one to continue the dominating streak of the white team. He has been ready since he came out of the earth, and he has shown why he is the right one to lead the Whittians into battle. He is leader of the land, captain of the court, and a fierce competitor in the field. With his intelligence, persistence, and natural ability to lead, he is ready to take charge of the mighty whites and win, as many Whittians have done before him. Spencer Oslander is ready. So that's the white team. And so... Just to, to paint the picture, as each captain is brought up to the fire, we we dip a big G or a W in paint. And we used to put it on their arm, but this year they brought really large ones. So they asked the captains to take their shirts off, and they they put the G or the W on their chest like superheroes, which I loved. I didn't know they were going to do that. And as we do it, the whole camp makes like a tss sound as if they're, like, being branded. And I think, I think that's pretty cool. All right, so now we'll read the, the Greens,
1: the Grenions' speeches. A warrior raised and trained by the fierce master in the fortress of Grenion.
0: Royalty from the sunken city of Atlantis, destined
1: to lead the Grenions. A watchful warrior, whose heart is pure gold, was found washed up on the beaches of Sand Lake, just as the prophecy foretold. Come forth, Charlie Eisenberg, to lead the Grenions. Sorry for the noise of the paper.
0: Oh wow, Jacob Schneider writes really small. Here we go. Born from the heart of the sea, the fire from down below, a rock tough as nails, but that shimmers as bright as the shore, as the stars above. A natural-born leader with spirit so strong, he can hold up a team like no other. Over the last several years, this strong and fierce warrior has been training for this very moment. He's been the soul of the fortress, and the rest of the men who reside and train inside of it. Asher Diamond has
1: been on our... hmm, What does it say? Has been on our unrestful grind, and the Grenians are thankful for his service and leadership.
0: There is no doubt he will contribute heavily to a Grenian victory. So that's for
1: Asher Diamond. Finally... This one is for
0: Sam Rosen. Living in the darkness of the sea floor, training only in secrecy in the depths of the sand, proven to be worthy to lead the next generation of the Grenions, this warrior possesses only the utmost respect among the high council and has earned his place to lead our mighty army. With the determination of a starfish trying to get back to the ocean, with the pride of a bald eagle soaring down to catch a fish
1: With the energy of a great white shark The enthusiasm of a flock of seagulls I'd like to call up Sam Rosen To lead the Grenions So
0: that's what happened around the fire And then we, we unveiled these banners And we'll post pictures of these Because they're, they're incredible Peter Gow and Ryan Furman Took these bedsheets green and white bed sheets and created these amazing tapestries, these incredible banners that we hung from the garage door openings of the new building. So we're talking 14 feet high and they hung down and they had the, the symbols for the, the green team, which was the oars and the symbols for the white team, which were the hatchets. And it had the list of each overall captain. And it's really cool. I can't wait for y'all to see it. Um, after that, we brought everyone into the new building, one age group at a time, and we lit it with uh, our pickup truck. And we brought in flashlights, and everyone had to find their name written on the cement of the new building. So we had the junior greens, junior whites, intermediate greens, intermediate whites, um, senior greens, senior whites. And everyone found their team. And then we did a cheer off where each team uh, did three cheers at and for the other team. And the judges decided who was the loudest and most spirited. And so the Whites actually won the first green and white event of 2022. Uh, I just want to read to you the the captains at each age group. So the junior captains, Dylan Gangel and Parker Jacobson. Intermediate captains, Evan Lieberman and Asher Cohen. Senior captains, you obviously have your overalls, um, but the senior age group captains are... Ryan Mahoney for the greens and Brody Sheffrin for the greens. Joey Hazen and Lex Malkin for the whites. So just going back, Lieberman is a green. Asher Cohen's a white. Gangel's a green. Parker Jacobson is a white. And that was it. Then we put the camp to sleep. We blew taps at 11. Tomorrow's lazy day and we will be getting in to green and white action. I really look forward to posting pictures of all of this because... It was spectacular and I can't wait for y'all to see it and the video. Um, but yeah, thanks for, for sticking with me and, and listening to, to me talking about this start. I hope to get some people on tomorrow who can provide some more energy and more details. I, I did the best I could. Um, so yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Um, we will, we got a great day tomorrow. We got lazy day. We got Vroom. first green and white event so we're just going to keep going with camp thanks for for all you two-weekers out there if you're listening if your parents are listening and the the boys who had to go home after six weeks thanks for being a part of camp we really miss you we love you we wish you could have been here for green and white camp is not the same without you um for everyone else thanks for listening we'll be back tomorrow for the love of camp i'm jason Falgraber. good night everybody